Baseball with the Bard. Good Sunday morning, everybody, and welcome back, yes, back, to Baseball with the Bard, episode number eight, Mr. Cross. I am Tyler Bard, your host, and that over, yes, that way, is my best friend, Noah Cross, the magician, and we are back. Two months we've been running this show now, Noah, can you believe it? It's time flies, man. Time flies. It does not feel like we've been here this long. Two mm-hmm. whole months now. Um, so we uh, just thank everyone who has joined us uh, this far. And uh, we plan to continue this podcast far into the future. So again, thank you so much for joining us on this newest episode of Baseball with the Bard. So let's kick it off here. How we always kick things off on this broken season. That is 2020, the COVID edition. Uh, so I have a few stats here. I want to read, uh, on what's going on in the MLB for COVID response right now. So bear with me for a moment. So covered individuals in the MLB are now under monitored testing to date. The results of the monitoring testing go as follows. The number of monitoring samples collected are and tested in the past week was 12,780. One of those samples, which is 0.008% was a new positive. That's a good sign. That's a really good sign for MLB. Um, There was one positive test among players, so it was a player and zero among staff members. There were no new positives for the fifth consecutive day and for the 10th time in the past 12 days. This was uh, yesterday that I drew that stat, so I don't have anything for today. Uh, And the total number of monitoring samples collected and tested has been 103,668. 85 of those, which is 0.08%, so only a little bit higher than our last previous sample, have been new positives. Uh, And 55 of the 85 tests altogether have been players. 30 have been staff members. 21 different clubs have been covered, have been affected, and a covered individual test positive during the monitored testing. So even though it is spread out a bunch of, uh, through a bunch of different clubs, um, it looks like it was kind of focused on certain teams that weren't cautionary at first. And then there was just like one here, one there, one here, one there. Um, So it looks like um, uh, Manfred is watching our podcast and he listened to us when we told him it's time to uh, take things seriously, Noah. And I, I, you know what? I think we need to commend the MLB because episodes one and two, uh, we were really crapping on the MLB and their handling of, uh, the COVID crisis. And I think they've done a very good job, uh, you know, ramp really ramping up pressure on players to take this seriously. Um, and you need to take care of yourself and your teammates, or we're going to punish you for it. Um, and I think that was a great message they sent out. You think they're, they're doing good, right? I'm not, you know, exaggerating. Absolutely. It seems like they definitely figured out where the issues were, uh, what the problems were happening. To be honest, some of the problems were really obvious, like don't go to a casino in the middle of a pandemic. Um, Yeah, we're looking at you, Cardinals. And uh, other things like just living in Florida in particular is a a hazard in the terms of living in the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, So it looks like MLB definitely figured out what was going wrong. Uh, They mitigated that damage and they ultimately are keeping players healthy, which is the important part. Yeah, I'm very excited to see that they are finally taking care of their players and taking care of the staff members and their scouts and just anyone who happens to step into these stadiums, whoever is their, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, essential workers for the MLB. 
um, they're doing a good job. And as much as the last seven episodes, we've been like, oh, my, here we go again. The stats are rising. Um, if you really take time to think about it, they have gone from a horrible, horrible place, the worst place in professional sports for COVID-related illness, to a very, very good spot. They're not quite at the NBA level yet, but they're doing a really good job uh, recovering from the big mistakes that they started the season with. So MLB, congratulations. You have proven us wrong that you are able to handle something as simple as not allowing your players to go out in public during a pandemic. So good job. Good job. It's a small congratulations, but congratulations nonetheless. For sure. Um, so Noah, when we started this season, we talked about who we thought the big players and big teams were going to be who have a chance to make it to the World Series. So based on, I took a, I read an article from Bleacher Report and found this very interesting. And they had the teams ranked in their best chance to win the World Series and the best teams post-trade deadline. Hmm. And I took the top five. So if we're going in reverse order here, number five was the Chicago White Sox, who are 22 and 13. I don't think either of us really, really talked about the White Sox to start this season. Um, I'm not surprised. They have such a young team. And then they pick up a star here or there to really boost their team. If you remember, our, our viewers won't remember this, but you and I talking about it, I thought that the landing spot for Mookie Betts was <laughs> Chicago. I was say I was so certain that he was going to land there. Um, but obviously we know that didn't happen. Uh, but Chicago White Sox, uh, we were talking yesterday. They should have been there two, three years ago in the playoffs, yeah. you know, really pushing for it. So what do you think is different this year? Uh, I think different this year, in all honesty, is just they were able to put in some veterans into their lineup. Um, they they picked up Encarnacio, and they have a couple guys on their starting rotation who are just starting to uh, show out and really prove their worth yeah. in a sense of being able to carry a team or have a close game, stay in the game till the sixth six or seventh inning and be able to keep their team in it. So that's really what I think the biggest difference is in this season compared to last ones for the Chicago White Sox. And I definitely agree 100%. They should have been here a long time ago, and I could see them being a stickler of a team to beat in the playoffs i think it's kind of baffling that it took this long because you know they had uh, guys like yoan mancada come from the red sox who everyone was like this is the guy of the future they're gonna go so far and make it into the playoffs and just every year they came just just a little bit short each time um but exciting to see that they are doing very well ranked number five by bleacher report which is an honor if bleacher reports even talking about you in a positive light that's pretty exciting um, and then number four, this one gives me so much joy because Noah, you doubted me and you better Still eat do. your words. Still the do. San Diego Padres are in the number four slot at a record of 22 and 15. I mean, how could you doubt these guys? I know they're the Padres, so they're cursed. They're a team that no one ever expects to do well. Um, but come on, you got all these incredible young talents mixed with some incredible leaders. They're almost the same formula as the Chicago White Sox. They've got this incredibly young team with guys like uh, Manny Machado mixed in. And I know both of us hate Manny Machado. We're not big fans of the, the crybaby that is Manny Machado. Um, but that just seems to be a formula for success, don't you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, they're definitely bolstering their team. They're improving their team. Uh, their trade 
trades that they made uh, before the trade deadline were absolutely ludicrous by some standards. They were moving guys around like crazy. And it's I saw a funny a meme I sent you, Tyler, of Padres. Uh, you know, it was a picture said the Padres after the trade deadline, and it had like Garrett Cole in a Padres jersey, Mike <laughs> Trout in a Padres jersey, Mookie Betts in a Padres jersey. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, I'm pretty sure. In the Padres yeah, all of these well-known players just saying the Padres <laughs> are just trying to take it all and do whatever it takes to get to the end or get to the dance that is the playoff. So, uh, you know, I'm, I will say it's not surprising to me that they're here. Uh, however, I'm going to stick with the they're the Padres, so I give it round one. That's just mean. You could have said the same thing about the Cubs in 2016, and look what they did. I love the Cubs, though. There's a big difference there, my friend. I don't know about that. And here's another team you love coming in third place, the Oakland Athletics, going 22 and 12 right now. <laughs> so wait, wait, hold on, hold on. So for anyone listening at the moment, I do not love the Athletics. So let's please let's, let's set that record very straight. I, I think that I think they heard the sarcasm. I think <laughs> I think that was understood. Um, Noah, they've been a good team for four years. Yes, they have. They have they have been making the playoffs for four years. Um, they just can't seem to get it done in the playoffs. I don't and know what that reason is, though. To, to be more clear, however, the last two years, they've lost in the wild card. And then not only, actually, no, three years. They not only lost, they were decimated in the right. wild card, okay? Well, I, don't I remember, remember that Yankee game. Oh, I, I remember it great because there was like, you know, a first inning, two-run home run. In, in, a, yep. in the wild card game, I mean, that's going to set a great pace for any team. So when looking at a team like the Athletics, they have an amazing season, but the second they get to the dance, they just forget their shoes, uh, and they just can't they can't get in. They can't get the job done. They can't get past yeah. that wild card game uh, or do anything in the playoffs at that rate. And I'm going to keep with that. If they make it this year, <laughs> they ain't going to do nothing after round Listen, one. They're not my number one or my number two or maybe even my number three, but they definitely make my top five for favorites to make it to the big dance this year. Um, and I'm excited to see if they can pull it off, especially if it's at the cost of the Astros, nothing would make me happier. Um, so hopefully I think we can agree on that. We'd rather see Oakland in the playoffs than Houston. Absolutely. All right, good. Especially well, that, brings the my, that brings me to my favorite person or team on the list right now, because I love that you, you know, as being my best friend, I love nothing more. Than when I'm right, Noah. And the Tampa Bay Rays are coming at the number two slot mm-hmm. at 25 and 11. Someone, uh, somewhat of a team that you hold a hatred for right now because they have the Yankees number. This is the last team that the Yankees want to see in the playoffs. And uh, the Yankees better pick it up if they want to make the playoffs. And I know I can't say that too much being a Red Sox fan. This is just coming from sports fan analyst Tyler right now. <laughs> The Tampa Bay Rays will beat the New York Yankees in the playoffs. They have a lot of pop in their bat, and the Yankees couldn't do anything about it. So how do we expect anyone else to do something about it? Yeah, unfortunately, I have to say the Rays are a good team this year, a damn good team at that. They're definitely the better team in I terms of having a favorite right out. now. I, I, I don't know. The Dodgers are looking pretty hot in terms of all of baseball, but – uh, yeah, but okay, so if we're going to go with your logic off the Oakland Athletics, the Dodgers can't get it done either. The Dodgers have definitely made it farther than the Athletics in the last two years, three years. Sure, but they haven't done it. They've been to the World Series three years in a row and okay, walked three sure. years in a row. Sure, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. I'll, I'll look at it this way. I'll say that the Dodgers will make it to the World Series, and I could see them facing off against the Rays. 
I don't think anyone's going to disagree with you on that, that yeah. the Dodgers make it to the World Series. I think there are other teams that could do it, such as the San Diego Padres. Um, but come on. Come on. You, you come on. They're come already on. they're cinching in that playoff spot already. Come on. But as we were saying, number one is the Los Angeles Dodgers coming in at 26 and 10, only one game better than the Tampa Bay Rays. That is, who, who would have, you know what? I guess I would have, I was going to say who would have thought that this would happen at the beginning of the season. But if you remember in episode one, my pick to win the world series was the Tampa Bay Rays. And uh, as, as we'll talk about later on our other show, uh, I'm the champion of picks. Uh, so we'll see if I can continue that trend with Tampa Bay winning the World Series this year. Do you think this is an accurate list, Noah? Uh, yeah, I would say this is a very accurate list, to be completely honest. All of these teams are having great seasons right now. And if you're looking at the season as a preview of what they could do in a playoff spot, which you should do, then all right. of these teams should make it to the playoffs. And honestly, all of them should make it far. Um, right. So uh, that's that's that, and there's no other way to really put it. I'm just going to my uh, – my, I should say, disdain for teams like the Padres <laughs> and the Athletics. However, if I'm looking at their season performance, I should say they will make it far in the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. It definitely should make it far in the playoffs. And you know what was shocking on this list? The Yankees were ninth. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, how they, how the great have fallen. Can you imagine if they didn't go on that skid? They would have 30-plus right now. They, oh, man, what a horrible, horrible, yet glorious fall uh, for the Yankees as they fell from grace over the last 10-plus days. Um, they're still, I say that, but they're still in the race for the American League right now. Um, they just have to compete with the Tampa Bay Rays and a few other big dogs at the top of the list. But I think the Yankees will do well in the playoffs as much as it hurts me to say that. They're a playoff team. They always perform well in the playoffs. Um, because they've been there so many times. <laughs> um, so, no, interesting topic. Interesting topic here. Fighting yes. in the MLB. Mm-hmm. Where does it? Where does the buck stop? And I just want, I want to give my take quickly. Um, I think pitchers are the biggest babies in the major leagues right now. If if they strike a guy out for the third out of an inning, there's no one celebrating more than a pitcher. They pump their fist. They jump up in the air. They spin around. But God forbid someone hits a home run and, like, I don't mean just like a, a dink, rinky dink. Like, they destroy a home run. And God forbid they look at it for two seconds. That is against the unwritten rules of baseball, which the unwritten rules of baseball are fake. Boomers come at me. Baseball's changing, and you should too. Uh, the unwritten rules of baseball are just that, unwritten, so they're not real. So get over yourself. Or you can go have your safe space on the bench where you're going to be sitting anyways because you're giving up home runs. Uh, sorry. Anyways, uh, where does fighting in the MLB stop? Are you, are you okay? Are you okay? No, because I hate people who want the good old days of baseball back. No, I hate that. Baseball is better now than it ever has been. We just need to get back to the normal normalcy of no more COVID. Let the kids play is something that you go by, Mr. Cross. You love that campaign. But. So we get, bring up the example of Aroldis Chapman against the Rays. Absolutely anus. It should have never happened. Was he aiming for his head? Probably not. Probably not. What? But is he a notorious hothead who doesn't like to be beat? Yeah. But he also throws at 101 miles per hour at his best. Sometimes 102. 
He, I, I, there's a, was it Fox? I think it was Fox. I was listening to a Fox news report where he was very obviously a Yankee fan. And he goes, so roll this Chapman through near the head of the batter. And, uh, the, the Rays were upset about it. I go, he didn't throw near the head. He threw directly at the head of the batter. And then the fight started because of the Yankees. Mm-hmm. The guy didn't even do anything. He ended up striking out and the Yankees won the game. And as they were leaving the field, the Yankees started chirping at the Rays. So I don't understand where all that came from, but I think Rollis Chapman should have got a much bigger uh, punishment than he got. He should have served way longer than Joe Kelly got. Um, and that's just, uh, I don't know. This, do you, can you possibly explain to me uh, Rollis Chapman's thinking here? To be honest, uh, not really. Because, as we said, uh, and this is a person who loves Roldis Chapman. I am a huge Roldis Chapman fan. incredible. Yeah, great pitcher. Well, last season, great pitcher. This season, I think he's still trying to figure out maybe still was healing from when he was sick with COVID, trying to get his full strength back. Uh, However, looking at the situation, it's hard to really say why it happened. Um, I think that the biggest thing that the Yankees were upset about in the chirping is that Chapman really kind of – at, well, yeah, and Chapman also, again, the, he said that he wasn't really trying to do it, so maybe they were like, it was an accident, chill out, and that's really what got them all fired up. Chill uh, out, though. You throw that ball at his head. When a pitcher throws the ball to mm-hmm. the player and not the strike box, he deserves to get the crap beat out of him. Frank yeah. Cuesta from the Hard Hit and Wrestling Show, I uh, completely agree with you. And, I, and I'll say this. I'm, I'm all for let the kids play, and letting the kids play means that you're going to have moments like this. You're going to have moments where a guy throws at a, a, a hitter. You're going to have moments where they run out there and get into a fight. So no, that's gonna... fair enough, but don't throw at the guy's head when yeah, you're okay, pitching a 101-mile-per-hour fastball. I get that. Now, again, I also agree you should not throw at anybody's head. However, if we're trying to put in all of these little details and, as we say, unwritten rules on how they're supposed to go at each other, then I just feel like we're we're kind of and we're kind of uh, contradicting ourselves in a sense. Like if we're just going to let them play, we're going to let them play. And I agree with you. You shouldn't throw at another person's head. But as I'm saying, if we're going to let them go out there and just do their thing and not whine about it when when they do it, then just do. I mean, then they did. I think it. that's a real gray area. No, I don't think that's talking about the unwritten rules of baseball. I think that's called about the decency of being a human being and not trying to permanently end the career of another player. Aroldis Chapman, that was an absolute horrible move. You are a coward, and I hope the next time the Rays face you, they hit a walk-off slam because you absolutely deserve it, just like when the Houston Astros hit one against you. Your little smile was uh, hilarious, and I hope it happens more often than not, not just because you're a Yankee, just because of what you did. I hope the rest of the season is crap for him personally. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty much looking that way, um, to be completely honest. Uh, but, yeah, I, in all honesty, again, I agree with you that, uh, you know, we shouldn't throw at people's heads. We shouldn't throw at people, period, because they can get hurt. Like, if, I always say, if you want to really, really get over on a batter, strike him out. If you no, want to really get over on a pitcher, hit a home run. Like, that's how you do it. However, yes. uh, what I am saying, though, is that we, we sit here and say that, oh, don't whine about these unwritten rules and this and that. And now we're kind of saying don't do this, even though it's not really. Well, it is a rule to not hit anybody, I guess. But it is a know, rule <laughs> saying, uh, you know, oh, if you're going to hit somebody, you got to hit them in this certain spot. Or, I mean, that's, that's the thing. I just think it's kind of silly at this point in the sense of 
like why like why chapman even if you were let's say you were throwing at him on purpose like just let it go dude why um boone got suspended no i, I agree with chapman getting suspended do you agree with boone getting suspended i well I, it's just how the rule is unfortunately mm-hmm. um I don't think that Boone told him to throw at him. If that's what you're asking. I don't, I don't think that was the case. I don't think Boone's that kind of guy. He doesn't seem like a hothead. He seems more of a a leader and a protector than he is an an aggressor. Mm -hmm. Um, He waits till something legitimately bad happens to even come out of the dugout uh, (laughs) to, to argue and get ejected from a game. He's not like the Reds manager who just is looking for a fight. Um, So yeah, no, I don't think, Boone should have been, but unfortunately, that's the rule, Noah. So, um, if if your pitcher gets ejected for you know throwing at someone, then sorry, buddy, you're gone too. Yeah, um, I, I don't I, know. I don't know. If had had uh, warnings been placed? Has had there been like a little stir up before this? No, no, there was nothing. Okay, so and I don't know. Then I don't they know. Weren't, they weren't really ejections because Boone got a game suspension. Is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. So they're and just then, saying Boone had some somehow been involved. Well, or or I think it's just going off of the fact that it was his pitcher, so it's like, all right, go. Yeah, well, like you have to you have to keep funny, it from Noah. happening as a manager is what I think what they're saying. Because you you talked about how we're a little bit contradictory here, and uh, we'll talk about that quickly. Because Joe Kelly, um, we all sang his praises mm-hmm. when he threw at Correa and Bregman and Altuve, and I personally nominated him to run for president. <laughs> Um, and I guess there is, I, I, I complain and moan and whine about the unwritten rules of baseball, unless it benefits me, I guess, because I certainly enjoyed Joe Kelly throwing at the Astros heads. Yeah. And I, I think you would agree with me there. I think everyone, unless you were an Astros fan was all for it. Maybe don't shoot him, you know, shoot at his head with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but God, I, I want the Astros to be hit in almost every single game. Well, it, it's kind of happening. But um, again, I mean, if you look at Kelly, Kelly's just that kind of pitcher, though. But a lot of other players and sure. pitchers, it's good to see them just taking it to the Astros and just decimating them. I mean, right. you, uh, Jose Altuve, is, is his average is down in the low 100s. He's not able to find the ball whatsoever. So I think in that sense, there's a lot of pitchers who are just taking different <laughs> avenues. And this is just the avenue that Kelly chose to take. Um, and obviously we were all about it because the whole thing leading up to the season was how many times are the Astros going to get hit by a pitch this year? Yeah, the over-under. Um, yeah, so <laughs> in the sense of which one's acceptable or not, honestly, if we're if we're going to stick with it, if we're going to say you shouldn't hit people with a baseball, neither of them are acceptable. Right, no, absolutely. Um, I, I see what you mean. It is a little uh, hypocritical. We just have a sore spot with the Astros right now. Um, but in all honesty, fighting in the MLB is, it's always fun because we love to see a full crowd of people charge at a full crowd of people, but in the world of COVID, knock it out. That's enough. Knock it off. I mean, that's, that's, that's enough. Um, you can stay in your dugouts. Valid. No, I hear you. I hear you. But yeah, I mean, Um, yeah. So uh, if you guys have any different opinions on how fighting should be handled in the MLB, especially in the world of COVID right now. Uh, let us know in the comments. We'd love to hear your opinions. Um, comment in on any of the Baseball with the Bard posts on our Facebook or Instagram. Uh, you can check in and let us know how you're feeling about it. Um, but there was another milestone that we can talk about quickly. And Mr. Mike Trout, mm. congratulations on hitting your 300th home run off of none other than the lovely Houston Astros. 
Uh, pitcher was uh, Brandon Belak. I'm sorry if I'm saying that wrong. Um, but, man, this is something I wish that could have happened with a crowd. Oh, for sure. I mean, if there was a stadium full of people there, they would have lost their crap, especially because you have a player like Mike Trout, who they're saying is the one of the greatest of all time, if not going to be the greatest of all time. Uh, so it's quite the milestone to hit for a guy like Trout. I can't even imagine what he's going to get by the end of his career because he's pretty much not even halfway through, if you'd ask me. Uh, so it's exciting to see. Congratulations to Mike Trout, if you're listening. Big fan, big fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you want to come on baseball at the bar, you just give me a call. Yeah, we'll we'll get up. you on the show. You know, you know, I, I know you're an up and coming and you really want to get your name out there. So yeah, anytime, <laughs> anytime you want to come on baseball with the bar, you let us know. Um, incredible home run, absolute shot. Mm. Um, so congratulations to Mike Trout on your 300th home run. Not much else to talk about for him. He's just that damn good. Uh, if we could, let's take a look here at the, uh, standings right now. We have the uh, National League first. Atlanta is in first for the East. The Central has Chicago in first. And the West has those damn Dodgers in first. Uh, they got their 30th win. I believe they are now the first team to make it to 30 wins. So at the very least, they lose the rest of the season. They finish 500. So congratulations, Dodgers. You cannot have a losing season. First team in MLB to confirm that. Um, it's, it's not as exciting as it was last week because it was so much tighter last week. Like even San Diego, they lost a little bit of ground here on the Dodgers. Um, Philly is still kind of sticking their head in it, but they're still in a position where they can blow it royally and fall right out of the playoff chase. Um, Atlanta really picked their game up. Uh, Acuna has once again found his swing um so it is exciting to see them taking off again and uh and i hope they can keep it up one one crazy thing about the braves is acuna just came back from injury about right a, and he immediately and, they were that. and the braves didn't falter at all like they were without no. their, their man and they were still taking names i mean the braves are I a scary it. team this year what is it they're 10 and 10 on the road and uh what does that say 13 and when they're home. So that is a really good stat for them. If you can keep it even on the road and then have a winning record at home, you're doing well. Um, and then in the American league, it's a bit of a different story right now. Tampa Bay in first Toronto in second and how the mighty have fallen. New I York. I think my computer screen stopped working. I can't see <laughs> standings. I don't know what New happened. York has fallen to third place at 21 and 18. Why are you behind Toronto? Are you guys, um, is your win loss to Toronto not in your favor? It must not be if that's the case because you have the same win loss. I don't think we've played them yet this season, to be honest. Uh, you must have. At this point, you had to have because you've already played all of your games against Tampa Bay. He won't be facing them again. So this is true. Don't Thank worry. You. Your, your kryptonite is in the back. So you're welcome, Yankees. Another gift from MLB. They want to keep pushing the Yankees to win championships because they love pissing off. No, I'm kidding. Um, if we look to the Central, though, uh, we can just ignore the Red Sox. Moving on. Uh, if we no, go no, no, to no, no, no. Back, back yeah, that what's up, up Noah? Back that what's up, up, Noah? What do you? What would you like to talk about? Can we just say the the Boston Red Sox are what were they? 
Or okay, Joe, could you put that back, please? I'm sorry. I wanted to actually see the the Red Sox. No, no, it's okay, Joe. No, no, it's okay. The Red They're, Sox are 14 uh, 40, and 27. Yes, 40 oh, wins God. and 27 losses. They're 13 games over 500. Yes, Tyler, they have four less wins than the Baltimore Orioles. Thank you, Justin. The Red Sox are terrible this year, and I mean, yeah, he's not. He's not saying that in jest. He's a Red Sox fan. He's that. He's saying that sadly. Well, Justin good. is a, is the host of another podcast. Uh, he does the What's Up Wrestler podcast. He's a good friend of mine and the honest, runner of the Nerds of Wrestling. That makes it um, even better. Movie. The fact that he's a Red Sox fan just makes it even better. Oh, I think everyone could admit the Red Sox are having a poor season. That's why I said move on. Why beat a dead horse? We don't need to beat the dead horse. Why not? I, the, I, I guess it's the only joy you have right now. Sox looking um, for 2022. <laughs> I guess it's the, the only joy that you Yankee fans have right now is that the Red Sox are doing worse because you know deep down you'll never beat the Dodgers or the Rays in the playoffs. Hey, hey, hey. No. No. All right, all right, all right. You sound I'll like OV. Go. You sound like OV when you don't have a, a response I'll say this, to the question. You just, you just yell. As a Yankees fan, I will say that I am also looking to 2022 <laughs> at the moment. So, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to them in a minute. But so, yes. So in the other leagues, it wasn't really, the, the races remained exactly where they were. The AL East was where the craziness happened. The Rays were like, see ya and just shot to the top. And now all of a sudden, you know what, Steve, if you are listening, uh, you said last week that everyone's sleeping on uh, Toronto. I think you were right, buddy, because now they're in second place in the AL East ahead of the Yankees. And stop it, Yankee fan. Do you give me stop giving me those eyeballs. Um, but yes, let's take a look now at the decrepit uh, Boston Red Sox real quick. Uh, the record this week, they did have one double header. So that's why there's eight games here. They went three for three and five. And I, I had written that it's just an unacceptable form of playing. Um, I think personally that the Sox have gone into reset mode. They did have a walk-off win, which was, you know, great and all. Okay, awesome. But I don't know why people are so celebratory. I am a Sox fan, but I'm not going out and celebrating every time they get a win. It's just not realistic. They ended up winning 9-8 to eight over um, the Blue Jays yesterday after Xander tied it up in the ninth inning. And did you see how Christian Vasquez scored in the ninth, Noah? Did you watch that? No, I, I did not. Oh my gosh. It was so funny. It was just like a little league play. He was on third uh, with, I believe one gone because they went for a fielder's choice to get him out at home. Cause he had taken off with one out. Christian Vasquez decided to take off from third on a dribbler to the first baseman. And uh, luckily he was able to slide in and avoid the tag and the Red Sox walked it off. That's um, so we love Christian Vasquez. He's, I think he's uh, someone who's going to be hanging around. Uh, for quite a while in Boston because they need some sort of security here. I don't, um, I don't, know. I don't think we can make any of those statements when it comes to I know, to right? Gosh, <laughs> Mitch Orland being gone right now. But um, there is a little bit of a bright spot. Um, the newcomer, Yairo Munoz, a, uh, he's the Red Sox utility player right now. Kind of looks like he's the one who's going to be taking the place of Brock Holt. Um, He's been doing really good. Uh, so I, I wrote the Red Sox utility player has combined for six hits in two seven inning games on Friday as Boston split its doubleheader with the Toronto Blue Jays. He went six for seven with three RBIs and four runs uh, scored. Uh, the players seem to be impressed with Yairo and they claim that uh, he claimed that he never had six hits in a day, which not surprising because usually you don't play two games back to back. 
Um, so <laughs> very exciting to see this young man coming up out of the minors and showing that he's here to play and proving it. And a season that everyone's probably pretty bummed out and depressed in the dugout, uh, these young guys have been the ones showing up. Yeah, I know it's good to see. It's basically putting a little bit of life back into the Red Sox organization when you have a lot of players who I guess don't have the big names yet uh, put going forward, putting runs on the board, making good plays, and overall keeping the spirit of the team alive. Uh, so I guess yeah. as a Red Sox fan, you should be hopeful for the next couple seasons yeah. to see what they might have in store. Uh, there's still a little to figure out, but as I said, if they can keep these uh, guys coming in here and doing their job, doing damage, as an ex-manager would say, then uh, it's looking good. It's looking good. Yeah, and, you know, if you're just a in-the-present person right now, it's not great because we just see all of these young players, which usually means uh, we've given up on the season and we are looking towards the future. Um, it's not what they're saying out loud, but it's uh, what they really mean by it. Uh, and the pitching depth, uh, horrible, but I don't think we can blame that. I, I wrote, what happened to the Red Sox? This feels more like just a lack of pitching depth. Um, is it the morale in the dugout? Is it the hitting? I don't think so. The hitting is still present. Or is it the coaching? If I have to put it on one more thing than just pitching depth, I'd say that it's Coach Renicky really not knowing what he's doing as a manager in the MLB. Um, I have forever pitched that we need someone like Jason Baratek in the Red Sox dugout coaching that team. Someone to bring back that 2004-2007 team. And really rally this band of misfits to become a championship team. Um, so I'm hoping that this is our, the Red Sox have this way of doing a really crappy season and then coming back the next year and just being unstoppable. So here's hoping that this is that year. We like that little three year gap, you know, 2004, 2007. And then, <laughs> you know, they like to just wait a few years. They don't like the back to back. Um, so let's hope that, it's not just, I mean, it would be great if it's just pitching depth because that's one thing to fix. Um, but I, I think it is deeper than that, and the Red Sox just need to do a full wash. But, Noah, it's not just the Red Sox doing poorly this week. No, this week, uh, last couple of weeks here, uh, our next segment now on the New York Yankees is tough, and I think I just posed the question, what happened to the dominant Yankees. Uh, when the Yankees started this season, they were absolutely tearing through everybody in their path. And then just this last week, uh, they just won two from the Mets. They lose two out of three to the Rays. They were had a single makeup game against the Mets in New York, which to me was kind of dumb. Uh, but they lost that game to the Mets, and they split a doubleheader with the Orioles yesterday. Um, I'm sorry, two days ago. The Yankees' record is now 21-18, and 18, as we saw, and there are five and a half games behind the first-place Rays. Um, I want to just put up a tweet here, actually, by the Yankee, one of the Yankees' um, broadcasters, Brian Hotch, and it talks about his wins and losses. Um, it's tough to see there. Now, I want you to see there. Since beginning the season with 16 wins in their first 22 games, the Yankees have lost 11 of their last 16. Uh, that's not a team that you would say is going to go to the playoffs. It's not a team that you would say would go far in the playoffs. Uh, so no, you guys are lucky it's the COVID season. Yeah, they've definitely hit a slippery slope, and they're uh, definitely going down in the sense of their overall production as a team. In the beginning of the season, we saw that their um, 
their numbers were up and all across the board and average home runs, you, whatever, you know, you would like to look at in a successful baseball team, their pitching was actually doing pretty solid with Garrett Cole having a really strong start. And then the injury started to creep back. A lot of things started to happen. And now we're looking at a team uh, where we're kind of just scratching our heads as to what happened. And as you see there at the bottom, Brian Haas tweeted that yesterday in the eighth inning when the Yankees were losing six to one to the Orioles. Um, getting into the injuries here, I see uh, Brian Hodge there also talked about Aaron Judge, and he said he has, uh, Aaron, Aaron Judge has a couple of good days and started to ramp up a little bit. Aaron Boone said he will be increased baseball activities on Monday. So hopefully the Yankees can swing back into their groove that they had once they get guys like Judge back, once they get guys like Urshela back, who actually just visited the I.L. I want to talk yeah, quickly no, about uh, You know, you and I were watching a show yesterday together, and you looked over me at me and go, <laughs> and go like, Tyler, no way. Like, no way. I can't even believe this. And I, and we're watching wrestling. So I'm like, what did someone, something happen in the wrestling world? And you go, Gio Urshela is on the injured list. I'm like, no way. Mm. They can't catch a break. Noah. How many people are on there now? So of, of uh, including Gio Urshela, he joined seven other Yankees on the IL that are currently oh. there this season. So Gio Urshela just went yesterday, 10-day. Uh, they think he has a bone spur in his elbow. They said they look oh. into it. It doesn't look too bad. Uh, so hopefully he'll be able to return God. after those 10 days. But 10 days in a 60-game season, that's, that's a, a long time. Chunk. That's a big that's chunk. Literally a sixth of the season. Yeah, so uh, Tyro Estrada will be getting the call more than likely over at third, and maybe they'll be tossing in LeMahieu or something like that along the lines if they have to switch things up a little bit. Overall, it's not going to help the consistency of the Yankees lineup, which they lack. No. Uh, so they're not going to be able to have a guy slotted in one spot and keep him in that spot and hope he gets comfortable there. So by the time the playoffs come, he's ready to go. So we'll see uh, where that takes them. Aaron Judge, as we just noted, he was on the 10-day IL. Hopefully, he'll be returning soon. He's going to start more baseball practice and uh, using more of his body on Monday to see how he can do. Jonathan Loisica is on the 10-day IL as well, along with James Paxson, Giancarlo Stanton, Tommy Canley, Dan Ortero, who's actually a relief pitcher, and Luis Severino. It's, it's tough uh, to see all of these players. And it's not like we're just naming random people here. These are a lot of the starters for the Yankees. I mean, you have a guy like a judge on the disabled, uh, the, on, on the injured list and Giancarlo Stan on the injured list. Those are two huge bats in a yeah. lot that do a lot of production, especially this season. Giancarlo Stan was swinging like crazy. Uh, so it's tough to see. Uh, yesterday, though, I got a notification saying the Yankees were going to reactivate DJ LeMahieu. I want to touch on this for a second. Uh, and I was like, oh, great. Yankees are going to reactivate DJ LeMahieu. He's going to be in the lineup. We're going to do all right. And uh, he wasn't in the game. Yeah, no, that was a bold choice by Aaron Boone. Uh, and a choice that, once again, will be frowned upon by many a man and woman. Because you have a healthy DJ in a team that needs to play well. And you leave him on the bench. Yeah. Makes no sense. The, the, I think the best part of, the, of yesterday uh, was after the game, the Yankees Zoom room, as they call it for the press conferences. Uh, someone asked, DJ LeMahieu, are you okay? Why didn't you play today? Like, was it because you're still injured? You're still a little, you know, uh, re recovering from whatever was going on. And DJ just flat out, like, straight face, like, no, I'm good. Like, I was, good. I was ready to play. I just, just didn't. So, Aaron Boone's just a dumb. That's all. Whatever. Uh, yeah. I an interesting stat I actually saw on Reddit. Uh, and it was that the Yankees are 18 and eight when DJ LeMahieu leads off. When he's on the bench, they are three and 10. Ooh. So talk about a guy having an impact in your lineup. 
Uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's definitely a stat you don't want to hear if you're a Yankee fan. Yeah, so with with him back, hopefully he plays uh, today. Hopefully he gets back into that groove of leading off there, and let's hope we can get Judge back soon to go right after him and make that top of the lineup more solid again. On to uh, away from, I guess, our outfield players, infield players, and the likes of Judge and LeMay. Let's get to our pitching mound here with Garrett freaking Cole. He added two more losses to his record this week. Uh, he is now four and three with an ERA of three nine one. Uh, one thing that I will note is that he is still racking up the strikeouts. However, he's had uh, his last three starts. He's gotten ten strikeouts, and that was also in a game against the race. Uh, it's tough to see a guy like this who came off of a great season like last season, a great start to this season, just kind of fall off the edge of a cliff in a sense. Uh, he hasn't been looking himself lately. He's struggling to keep the ball in the yard, which is the biggest problem is that home run ball. And we always see Yankees pitchers struggle with that as well. Uh, and Tyler, I was talking to Tyler about this last night, and I want to just mention it here. Uh, let's go. Last season, Aaron, uh, I'm sorry, Garrett Cole gave up 29 home runs in a full season, which is 212 innings for him. This season, he's pitched 46 innings and has already given up 12 home runs. Yeah, that's not great. That's a pretty scary stat. That is a terrifying stat for uh, anyone that you're, you know, you spent that much money on, and uh, and you're you're hoping will give you all of those good starts, will give you depth on that pitching rotate on that starting rotation. That's the biggest thing that they needed in a guy like Garrett Cole was to say to the bullpen, "Hey, we got this today with our starting pitcher." Um, you know, Noah, I think he is a uh, case we see all too often. As it is very difficult to pitch or be or play in New York. And the pressure of playing under the New York lights comes very uh, potently to a lot of players. Um, and I think he just currently can't handle it. I think he's starting off like Giancarlo Stanton started off. It's going to take him some while to get a while to get used to it. Um, but you luckily do have at least two players who are doing a lot better than he is. Yes, for sure. And the likes of Clint Frazier and Luke Voigt. It's good to see those two guys uh, pulling out. Uh, I, I honestly have here, uh, the line I put was, Clint Frazier is a new human being in the outfield. And that is true. Yeah, last year, and he got a lot of criticism for his defensive work. He would drop routine fly balls. He wouldn't be able to track balls down in the outfield uh, no matter where he played. And this season, he's looking like a new player. He's made a few really good plays, a few web gems, as I would call them. Um, he's, he's having a lot of great uh, decision-making moments out there in the outfield. And he's also hitting a lot, which is what you like to see out of a Yankees player. He's batting 274 with four home runs and OPS of 924 in 19 games. That is tremendous for a person who I guess had a lot of doubt surrounding him last season. Um, you know, the likes of Clint Frazier, not a lot of people were sold that he was a solid backup player for a guy like Aaron Judge. But if he can keep up the threat that Rudy's going, it's good to see him. It's good to see him. What do you think of Frazier's work here, Tyler? I, I think it's pretty exciting to see a, a young guy like Clint Frazier come out here. I mean, I'll gladly take him on the Red Sox. So, Mr. Frazier, um, if you are looking for somewhere to land this offseason, you just, you know, give us a call. I'll gladly take you in uh, Boston Blue and Boston Red and Boston White. Uh, we, we'll be glad to have you. But he's not the one who has my eye, Noah. Fair the enough. one who has my eye is Luke Boyd mm. because he is an absolute beast. Hitting 285 with 13 home runs and an OPS of 987. Mm. Um, I think he's very obviously like, yeah, Joe just put this on the bottom. I was just going to say that. He said that Luke Boyd is in the MVP race. I completely agree with you, Joe. 
Luke Voigt is in incredible shape right now. He doesn't look like the big, you know, I don't want to say chubby. That's not right. He was just a heavy guy his last two seasons with the Yankees. He looks like an absolute tank unit, and he is looking to be the one to take the Yankees out of this slump. Mm. No, I, for I sure. think he could be a good leader for the next few years for the, uh, for the New York Yankees. Absolutely. I, I honestly couldn't agree anymore with a guy like Voight being one of our big bats in the lineup, being one of those reli- more reliable uh, bats in the lineup. And even on the out in the, in the field, he's turning into a good first baseman as well. Uh, those numbers, I mean, the numbers don't lie. When you look at Luke Voigt, he's been tanking the ball. The home runs that he's been hitting haven't really been uh, cheap shots either. He's had a couple of Yankee Stadium runs to right field, but a right. lot of them he pulls. He's a right-handed hitter, so it's not like he has that to his, his advantage. So everything he hits to the right field, he's got to push the other way. Uh, so he's definitely getting a good piece of the ball. Um, however, as we've said before, it takes a lot more than a player or two to help pull a team out of a slump. Yeah. Like this. Oh, yeah. Because and Frazier, the Yankees are still recovering from so many people being injured. Yes, and that's and that's my biggest thing here is I honestly think the Yankees are still dealing with a lot of the problems that they had last season. Right. I mean, you can't just miraculously hire a new training crew and expect everything to get better immediately or in two weeks or in even three weeks or even a month. Your boys still need to heal. Exactly. Everyone still needs to heal. Everyone still needs to get back to a full 110%. Uh, and then looking at the injuries here, Severino started the season on the injured list from last season. They're, they're still dealing with that. Paxton never hit his stride this season after being on the IL, which started last back season. Go. And Judge and Stanton both were on the IL last season for large stints of the season, and they're back there again. So in all honesty, I just have to say it doesn't look like they were able, they were able to figure it out but I think they're still dealing with the remnants of that sloppy season of injuries last year. What do you, what do you think, Tyler? Yeah, they're definitely still dealing with this. I think, I feel like the problem is the Yankees are always full throttle and we've said it though, that we think this season needs to be full throttle and everyone needs to put the foot down and just go full speed ahead, but not if it's at the expense of your best players being hurt. Mm. Um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to turn it around this season. I think they do make the playoffs, even if it's in a wild card position, but I don't think they make it past the first round. I think they do well enough to make it there, but I think there's so many teams that are just so much more better balanced and, uh, you know, they have pitching and hitting and defense, uh, where the Yankees just won't be able to get around them unless they show up in full force and show us like the 2018, uh, hitting force that the Yankees had or hit the home runs that they had last year. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate for the Yankees, but very happy for a Red Sox fan that when we do poorly, the Yankees just don't get it done. Yeah, no, I'm gonna, I honestly can agree with you there. I think we're getting to the turning point in the season here. We're more than halfway through. I think the Yankees have about a week to two weeks to really turn it around in a big way. Yeah before we have to just start saying, all right, I don't know anymore. Like, we'll just we'll just wait and let's look forward to the next season and see what happens. So This is going to either make you or break you. And uh, that's how a lot of teams are feeling right now. Uh, and they're either going to make it or be broken by the remainder of this season. Um, but that, I think, is a good note for us to wrap up here, Noah. The Yankees are struggling. The Red Sox are struggling. The only teams not struggling in the AL East right now are the Blue Jays, and the Tampa Bay Rays. Ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. But thank you, everybody, for watching. If you could give me a moment, I would like to talk about Clovercrest Media really quickly here. Uh, Clovercrest Media, if you love podcasts, you visit clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. 
There are 26 shows on the CMG network. And if you don't find one you like, which you will, you can start your own. <laughs> we can help you launch your podcast for as little as $15 a month for the most basic setting and Clovercrest. Uh, Clovercrestmedia.com is the website you need to visit to make sure and make sure that you check it out and tell your friends about it. You can visit Clovercrestmedia.com and click click on the link for the latest for your favorite CMG Sports Cop podcast, as well as our blogs, videos, and latest info. Finally, this has been the episode eight edition of Baseball with the Bard. This is Tyler Bard. That is Noah Cross. Thank you for watching Baseball with the Bard. Baseball with the bar.